Hi, I'm Mark Rennick. This is Victory Over Sin. This is Victory Over Sin. My name is Mark Rennick. This is show is sponsored by Systemic Change of Idaho. I think we're on to our sixth show. We've got an exciting show planned for you today. I'm going to have Mr. Tim Lay of the Department of Labor come in in a bit, talk to him. He's a good buddy, friend of people who are returning citizens and people who are on parole. So I look forward to talking to him. That'll be a little bit later in the show. But what I thought I'd start out with, again, is a little bit of a, an explanation about what Systemic Change of Idaho is. Systemic Change of Idaho is a program that's been funded by the Southwest Region of the Conference for St. Vincent de Paul here in Idaho, here in Boise. And what we're attempting to do is to put together a nucleus, a group of people, and a force of people, if you will, that have been in the system or have some experience with the system, and they have a passion for going out and changing some of the things that we as people on parole uh, need addressed. Uh, the system could run better. We're going to give you some statistics in a minute, but I'm looking for people who are uh, interested in being a force of that change. So if this is something you're listening to today or something we talk about sparks an interest in you, I'll give you a telephone number at the end of the show. Reach out to us or call us here at the radio station, leave your name, and I'll get back with you. That's basically what Systemic Change of Idaho is. We're looking at some good things for the future. We're looking at potentially a conference in the spring. And we're talking to some very interesting people in terms of potentially coming to the Boise area to help us with this. I'm excited about it, and I think the people who are involved with it so far are. Hopefully this is something that touches your heart and you can uh, reach out and work with us. We found one of the examples that's almost humorous in terms of some, there's a lady who we've been trying to reach for a while, her name's uh, Nicole Kinney, and she'd written this great article on Idaho and parole, and I found it, and we were trying to reach her, we reached out to her, trying to find her, where she worked, what she did, and she got back to us within the last week or so, and she had shared how to get in contact with us, and so uh, what the audience doesn't know, but what I usually do when I'm, trying to figure out somebody. I, I hope, like so many other people, I programmed. She left her cell phone number and the email, so I programmed her number in and then put her name on there. So the other night she called, and I was waiting on her to call me back after some emails. And so when she called, I was all excited. I'm sure I sounded like a uh, this crazy stalker because I've been trying to find out who this woman is, and we had a real pleasant conversation. So I'm happy to announce that the article, uh, Idaho on Parole, that she wrote, we're going to discuss that next week on the show. She's going to come in, and we're going to get together. I tried not to come off as this crazy man as I picked up the phone. I go, oh, hey, Nicole, this is great. Thank you for calling me back. But So we've got her in the loop in terms of coming up. We've also got some interesting people. We're going to talk about housing in the next couple of weeks in terms of a person that this is their expertise. We're looking at a couple of people from out of state to come in and kind of help us with some of the insights. And we're also going to try very hard to get somebody the approval to start talking to people from the Department of Corrections to be on the show. I found some interesting statistics on people who have been incarcerated in Idaho. And I always say this, but it's nice to have a national kind of publication start looking at this, and it was interesting. Here's the one that I always use, and I, I think this is what, if you're sitting out there in the desert or you're listening or you're incarcerated, you understand, or you have people who are incarcerated, this is the one that the statistic that just absolutely blows me away every time I do it. Uh, 
if if you include the offenders and probations or people who are on parole, in addition to the people who are incarcerated in the state of Idaho, Idaho locks up one in 18 adults. That's higher than any other state in the nation other than Georgia. So you're sitting in a room, a meeting, group, count off 18 people. One of those people is either on probation, on parole, or is incarcerated. That's an amazing statistic. And that's something that systemic change of Idaho uh, is likely to need to address in the future to help you, the department, address, to help you, the taxpayer, address, and whether we potentially really need to do that. One of this article goes on to state one of the other things which I state all the time. It says, if a person, person commits a crime in Idaho, they are likely to go to jail and do the time. That's an amazing thing. We always say, people, if you come into Idaho, don't break the law because you're going to end up in prison. And that's very, very much the case. Those of us who have been in the system and who know it. One of the reasons this article cites is it says that although the incarceration rates are extremely high, a large percentage of the inmate population comes from those who fail to meet the inmate's rider program or and uh, violate the conditions of their probation. So this is a thing that not many people probably are aware of, but so many of the people who are at least new to the system don't come in. They don't get sentenced to prison immediately. They do get an IDOC number, and they do what it, they go on what is called a rider. And I know I had this situation with my son that was in this situation, and he broke the law, and they gave him a rider. And I know I was very, very cautious about this. And he and I actually had this conversation. I go, you're going to go do this rider, and you're going to be gone for six months. You're going to go up the state to Orofino, and you're going to hang out there for a while, and then you're going to come back, and they're going to put you on five years probation. And when they put you on that five years probation here, that means the court retains its jurisdiction of you. And unfortunately, what that means is then if you do something wrong in those situations, then you are then you have the potential that judge can go back and sentence you specifically to the full extent of your term. I argued with Mitchell, my son, that oh, you just better off getting two years. Go to two years, go do the two years, get out there and get on pro- parole and survive in that situation. You made a mistake, let's pay for it and let's go. But too often, this rider program is, I think, the thing that makes people, it is something that adds to the... Um, the numbers of people in our system. I understand judges are trying to give people a chance, but the restrictions on probation are so difficult that it makes it difficult to survive. So hopefully that's one of the things we'll be talking about in the show as we go forward. And uh, it's one of the things that um, many of us who are in that situation want to talk about anyway, and we'll be looking at all those things. That's the great thing about what we're doing. People are excited about it, and I'm excited about it. The other issue that's come out of the the core group of us is the ban the box issue, which means um, when we apply for and we as felons apply for uh, unemployment for employment, we have to check a box say felon. And we're going to talk about that in length with Tim Lay today, and he has some insights on that because he does that work extensively, and he will give us some insight as to that too. So those are just some of the things that are upcoming in the future, and we're excited about that. Um, I'm excited about the show today too because Tim will be on and he'll be here momentarily. Again, it seems like I always mention on the show that it's so neat having you on the show now. I get to bring in people that I get to like and want to talk to, and today is uh, no exception to that. Uh, Mr. Tim Lay is here from the Department of Labor. Welcome, Tim. Thank you. Glad to be here. Yes. Do you want to give us a little bit of background on who you are and who you're representing? Okay. So, um, Tim Lay from the Idaho Department of Labor. I've worked with the Department of Labor for about 18 and a half years, um, starting out in the employment services world where I help people with their 
job search, um, writing resumes, how to interview, um, how to look for a job, and just basic job search skills and encouragement and that kind of thing. Um, I've been promoted a few times, and in the last probably eight to ten years, my focus, um, one of my primary focuses has been working with reentry. So another coworker, Bud Swanson, and I put together a program in the Boise office reaching out to District 4 Probation and Parole as well as the um, Ada County Sheriff's Office. And we put some training programs together where we went out statewide to train parole officers or actually orientate them on what we do with Department of Labor as well as to train Department of Labor employees on working with the offender population for reentry. You know, because Department of Labor has gone through major changes, right, in the last decade or so, whereas you used to go down to that office down there and and there were just tons of people and tons of computers and all that stuff. So you've really cut back, and and it seems like over time your skills have kind of risen to the spot where you really are helping the community, the offender community, or the people, the returning citizen community, if you will. That's kind yeah. of, we're very fortunate for that. Is that that's pretty much yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Department of Labor, due to funding, is that we've, we've lost a lot of staff members, and so people become more specialized in what we're doing, and so that's where... And I think you and I ran across each other from the, uh, what's it called now, the Community Information and Resource Fair. Mm-hmm. And that's been going for, you're one of the founding mm-hmm. members of that. Yeah. It, we, this year was our sixth year, so right. coming up will be our seventh year for doing that. Yeah, but I think that has been an integral part of the people, the returning citizen community, if you will, kind of coming together around supporting each other as we all grow and learn how this system works, because the system is certainly complicated, and that's been a great force. Talk a little bit about how that kind of came together, because it's an interesting group of people that have have collectively come together, and you've stuck together as a core Mm -hmm. group, haven't you? Yeah. We actually, several of us met, and it was Mike Mosier and myself. And um, And Mike now works for, he switched jobs. He was... He's actually retired, and he's moved, like, to Arizona. He's not oh, even really? in town anymore. Oh, okay, yeah, good. Mike is gone. He's Because he was with the rescue mission, I thought, for Correct. a while. Correct. He did that for a period of time, and then they they gone. moved. Okay, so good. he's he's gone. Yeah. You're missing all the snow, then. Yeah, lucky guy. Yeah. Um, but we started talking um, about seven years ago. There was a group of us together, and um, we needed a project. And several of us had been going to meetings for a year, and it was like there was not a lot happening. So some members of this group were going to back out, and and I'm like, no, we need a project. Let's do something. And so the idea came together to bring organizations together to be able to learn resources. When I started working with the reentry population, I didn't know anything. I didn't know where to go to get anything or any assistance. So because I ask questions and I'm not afraid to meet people and say, hey, what do you do and how can you help me to help people coming out of the system, that's how I learned. And I thought, let's do something to make it easy to bring all these organizations under one roof. Mm -hmm. And that's what we did. The first year we did it, we had 82 organizations represented. Um, This year we had, I believe it was like 102, which was down because the year before we had like 106. Um, But we get a lot of organizations, a lot of interaction a lot of networking, and it's I a really I think, too, what you've deal. done, what that group has done, too, is to, over 
the years, you've increasingly kind of opened it up to different populations. Whereas when it first started, it was almost like staff and people as resources for them. And whereas last year, you opened it up to the community and let people know kind of what was going on in the community. Mm -hmm. And I think that's that's the future for that. And it's great that the vineyard has always been the... um, uh, the source or the uh, the host for that event, mm-hmm. and so yeah. that's always worked real well. Yeah, that's yeah. great. Congratulations on that. Yeah, though. thanks. I think it's I mean, awesome. Oh, you know, it's like you know, sometimes people who do what you do, they don't you don't get the accolade, and and I think that's one of the things that uh, you see when I look at the faces that are up. To, I think of Cindy Real and some of those people who've been around for ages, you know, and and do this work, do this work, do this work, and sometimes we need to make sure we. You know, give you a kudos for that. So yeah, kudos no, it's it's a good project. It's good work, and again, like you said, we stuck together for a lot of <laughs> years, so that's been fun. Well, and 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 I think too, uh, the people who listen to the show and to listen to uh, my associate Doug Hardy on Extra and myself as we talk, there's because we're on a Christian radio station. If something touches your heart in terms of what we're talking about here, uh, Tim's a Christian. Tim. Uh, not only as a state worker, but you can tell by the way he lives his life and what he does above and beyond the call that that comes across. And then if you, this touches your heart, then reach out to us. Call me. My name's Mark. Call me at the radio station or get in touch with me. At, we'll leave you some information at the end of the show. But reach out and get involved. This is stuff that is powerful. It's sometimes we were talking about before we went on air about a person that we've that Tim is working with, that I try working with, and we all know, and we know all his family. And it can be very, very rewarding, but it can also be uh, some disappointing time. But if this touches your heart, boy, we need your help, don't we? Mm-hmm. You yeah. bet. Yeah. Okay, so talk about uh, your associate. You wanted to talk about somebody in Region 3, too, that's doing that? Correct, yeah. We, for the Department of Labor, what we do is is we're available to work with anybody, any job seeker, it doesn't matter. But we do have somebody over in the Canyon County, Canyon County office as well. His name is Niels. And Niels actually works a lot with uh, District 3, spending time at probation and parole, as well as he works with misdemeanor probation. And he does the same thing that I do. He helps people with their job search that have the barrier, meaning the reentry from the system. So, And so the people, just for interrupt you, and I'll let you finish, I promise. When you say Region 3, we got to make sure that we understand that people, as people are returning, returning citizens from incarcerations, they're placed in categories throughout the state, Region 3, predominantly occupies the Canyon County area, right. and Region 4 is Ada County, the Valley County, up in the Valley. So and I meant to say district. So district. Yeah, oh, it's a district. Region? Oh, it's I a said district. region, but it's District oh, 3 okay. and District I, 4. I, I, yeah, uh, so my, my bad. That's okay. But yeah, the Canyon County area, and, and so he works a lot with all of those folks over there. So. Okay. And then there are people in the Ada County area between the Boise Department of Labor Office and the Meridian Department of Labor Office that work with reentry. So we do have people that are trained that that are very open and that are very very helpful with people reentering. You talk too, but you have a tendency uh, to get these sorts of calls, right? And that's I think that's what we were talking about before. We were sharing the fact that we both get these sort of calls. You'll get a call from somebody, and you don't know where it's from, but you know you answer it. But help me, number one, do you get a lot of those? You want to speak to some of those. And then what do you do with them as they kind of, how do you process them? So because I actually go out and I do job search workshops out in the prisons, I do uh, meetings um, at probation and parole district four, as well as in the Ada County jail, as well as misdemeanor probation. So my name is out there and, and I get calls from parents, you know, or spouses or the member themselves when they get out. So They'll call, and a lot of times Department of Labor staff will refer them to me because I do have 
a lot of knowledge, and I can connect people with other supportive services that they might need. I know when somebody mentions your name, I say, listen to him, follow him, <laughs> do what he says, and you'll be successful. <laughs> so, so what I try to do is just to find out what the person might need. Mm-hmm. And if it's job search assistance, then to the best of my ability, I will meet with them. But if I can't, because I'm in the Meridian office, I will refer them to an individual in Boise if that's easier for them to get to the Boise office mm-hmm. um, in our area or obviously in the other the other areas. We do have 25 local offices statewide, so people come out going wherever. Um, but I'll find out what they need. Mm-hmm. So we'll sit down. We'll talk about the job. What do you need? You know, your resume. Your, how do you interview? And do you need clothes? Do you need a bike? Do you need whatever? And I will try to do my best to at least get them in touch with the people that can offer them or to give them the support that they might need. Mm-hmm. So, the uh, Let's talk a little bit about the – I know you recently updated the ex-offender reentry services guide that you guys mm-hmm. print. I assume that's your baby, or you've been working on that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Bud Swanson and I worked on this for a long time, so this yeah. is ours. And I, and I think um, – I'm thinking of the people who are listening to this today who are not only potentially – in the situation of being looking for a job right out of incarceration. But let's also talk about the thing I was intrigued by were the benefits to employers. Okay. I want to talk a little bit about that. Sure. Because there, there are significant tax benefits for you as an employer out there to get involved with somebody that uh, certainly uh, has been in the system. Number one, you know they're going to show up on time because you're going to have contact with their their parole officer, mm-hmm. but there really are some tax incentives, aren't there? Correct. One of the big ones is a work opportunity tax credit, and what that is is that if an employer hires an individual that is one year up to one year release from prison with a felony conviction, that employer potentially could get up to $2,400 in a tax credit at the end of the year. If the individual is a veteran, the employer could get potentially up to $9,600 as a tax incentive. And what this is is the federal government knows that individuals with felonies have a harder time to get employed, so they put this incentive out there for employers. Basically, it's a one-page form that needs to be filled out by the employer, submitted to the Department of Labor within 28 days of hire, and based on the amount of money the individual makes and how many hours that they work, that will determine the amount of the tax credit that you get at the end of the year. It's a very good program, mm-hmm. um, and again, it is a good incentive for an employer to give somebody the opportunity. Well, I also think, too, it's not, like I said, I, when I got out of incarceration, uh, the, the company that hired me init- initially knew about that but didn't know enough knowledge to apply quick enough, and so they didn't get the tax mm-hmm. credit. But So I think it's real important if you're an employer out there to listen to what Tim's saying and to understand that get on top of it and to take advantage of that That option for you in terms of we don't get too many mm-hmm. options like that when you number one you're doing a good thing because you're giving a uh, break to somebody who really needs a break but the likelihood and i'd like to think that the person who hired me got a good break too in terms of you got a good employee that showed up all the time that did his job and uh was honest and ethical and uh was above reproach if you will so that's a really great resource for you as an employer out there mm-hmm. the other incentive out there is a lot of the times employers with their insurance they can't higher certain offenses, certain Mm -hmm. backgrounds. Mm -hmm. So the Department of Labor has this program called the Federal Bonding Program. Mm -hmm. And what that program is is that if I hire you or if I want to hire you, but my insurance carrier won't allow that, then based on the number of bonds that the department gets, and we typically get five a year, but we can get more if we need to and if they're available, and the employer actually would request 
of the Department of Labor, and there's a, an application process where they can get a $5,000 bond for free for six months to cover that individual, and it covers them from theft, fraud, damage, destruction, that kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. So, again, that's another incentive. A lot of the times the individuals that have used those were people, the felons that had, you know, theft or, you know, some some pretty um, serious offenses that the employer's insurance carrier just they can't deal with it for whatever the reason is so those are two really good incentives that the department has available for people the other thing i think that's in here too is uh we as offenders or we as felons tend to want to downplay our certain our criminal background and you address this in this publication before you answer my question you should say show us where the link is the link is on the department of labor correct right? it is it is if and um, it's a pdf you can just download it yeah you can and if you just go into the department of labor under the publications and look for ex-offender reentry services guide mm -hmm. then it should pop up to where you can look at it and download that and, and make it and keep a copy of it um, i know that there are several organizations in the valley and throughout the state of idaho that actually have this mm -hmm. i know every department of labor office has these available as well um I actually get letters from people in prison that are meeting the parole board. I always send them to them. Mm -hmm. um, so it's a very good guide, and it has a lot of information on what the Department of Labor can do to help you, as well as it does list where all of our offices are located. Right. And I think talk about then let's talk now that we've got that, because I want to make sure that people have that link. Uh, but talk about the letters that you, for me, let's say, in terms of addressing my past with a potential employer. Okay. Because it's really, I think that's the thing that if you're listening out to us out there in the desert, this is something you really do need to face. And if you're listening to me and you're out looking for work, this is something you need to be honest and f upfront with and uh, be truthful with. Because employers hire truthful people. And it's not, there are employers out there, uh, certainly, they will give you that break. But the more honest you are as you come forward with this stuff, the better you are. Is that correct? Pr pretty much a safe. Correct. I've ta I talk to employers all the time, and what employers tell me all the time is, they will consider based on offense if they are honest and tell them up front, right. and don't try to to skirt around it and not address it. So, in this this brochure, this guide, there's this thing called a letter of explanation slash a cover letter, mm -hmm. and what that letter is, the first paragraph basically is a standard cover letter where you tell them what position that you're applying for and how you heard about it and why, very briefly, that you're qualified for the position. The next paragraph states that. You do have a felony conviction, and you tell the employer what it was and when you were convicted. And then you talk a little bit about what have you done at that point to move forward. So you let them know that you, you know, just very briefly that, no, okay. you know, you, you tell them, you know, that you have learned from that mistake. You're moving forward in a positive direction. You know, you have to make it clear to the employer that you regret the decisions that you made. You take responsibility for your actions. You're not going to do it again. You're going to be moving forward in a positive manner. The last sentence talks a little bit about what have you done to move forward. So if you've taken some classes or programming or, or anything while you're in the system in prison, then write it down. Let them know if you're out and you're continuing with any kind of programming at the same time, let them know what you've done to be able to move forward. And and the letter also covers the tax credit and the bonding program. So again, you're telling the employer in this cover letter, you have the offense and here are the incentives. Yeah. 
I think that, again, that explanation is key in terms of as people get, because I see people daily will get frustrated with, well, I can't find work, I can't do this. The letter is a key. And then I think I put myself, because I've been in a spot where I hired people before in the past, and I know, and help me with this because this, this is your department. Tell me whether this makes sense or doesn't make sense at all. I tend not to hire you based upon that resume or what's there. I tend to hire you based upon I like the interaction that you and I are having right now. I like the mm-hmm. fact that I can bring you into my system and I think you'll work there. I like the fact that perhaps this will all gel together and it can be something that's positive for me. I'm looking for a way to bring you into my system. And all you need to do is just be yourself, be honest, and to mm-hmm. that's, the, that's, the, that's how you get hired. Right. It's not because you submit so many Everything's online these days. It's like I've got to submit X, 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 and then right. kind of make that work. And it seems like people say, well, I've submitted 10 resumes online, but you really need that personal interaction. Is yes. that true? Or yes. Is that- and the thing on it is, is a lot of times when you have a felony conviction or even a misdemeanor conviction, you have to get in front of the employer to be able to sell yourself. And and. A lot of the times that that cover letter telling them and being open, honest, and upfront is what's going to get you through the door. Some employers are now um, banning the box. They're not putting on the felony question on an application. That's good. Then that would be great. There are some states that have that. Twenty-four states have taken that loan, and, by the and, way. That's yeah. that's what systemic change Which is, is all cool. about. Yeah. And that's what uh, you believe, and that's what we'll be working yeah. on. Via this radio show, that'll be our first priority yeah. is to, to make Idaho, or at least Boise, City of Boise, County of Ada first to be our first project. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the things that you're right. What we're trying to do is to get a, to get an applicant to be able to sit down like you and I are sitting mm-hmm. down now and explain what happened. And that's that. And even what I tell people all the time, too, is whether you're asked by the employer or not, you need to tell them. And the reason for that is, again, you're being open and honest and up front because if they do a background check – which everybody does. Yes. And, <laughs> and, and a lot of the times, even like on an application, when they look at that now, they're still going to go to the repository. They're going to know you've done something. Mm-hmm. So you may as well just tell them, this is what I did. Yeah. And then when you get in front of the employer, that's when you want to give them a little bit of detail. Not a lot of detail, but you want to let them know, yep, this is what happened. But briefly, don't spend a lot of time on what you did. But where have you grown from that? Where have you? What have you done to move forward from that and and how how are you doing now and you know let them know in a very positive way that you're trying to move forward in your life and you want yeah. to do really good. You said you said repository and it's changed now. It's this new I court thing and I don't know whether you're as frustrated with the rest of us in terms of Hard. trying to how to make this work. But just when you figure out how the repository works now Twin Falls and Ada County have this Correct. new I court thing and yep. it is a mess to try it's to not as easy. So cool. Thank you so much for coming in Tim. I, I um over the years, as we've interacted, uh, I love our interactions, in it, and uh, you are an example in terms of that state worker that is the exception of the rule, and, and, and we do thank you so much. Those thank of you. us who work in the field and those of us who I refer people to you all the time, those of you who do it, and you're in here early than you need to be <laughs> to do this so that you can make your schedule, and thank you so much for coming. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Uh-huh. Thank you. I should get a haircut and get a real job. Get a haircut, get a real job Clean your act up and don't be a slob Get it together like you Thank you so much for listening to the show today. 
Uh, like I said, I'm, we're getting better at it, I hope. I keep telling people we're getting better at it. But you can go back to the archives at KBXL and look on the archive page and look at see. We've had some pretty impressive people on the show. If you're interested in anything I have said here today or this sparks a heart, you can call the radio station or you can call Systemic Change of Idaho. That telephone number is area code 208 477 1006. Give us a call if this touches your heart, and we'll look forward to seeing you next week in the same time. Victory over sin. Thank you so much for listening. Look forward to talking to you next week. I